You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello and welcome to Wealth Tech on Deck. We have some fun each week speaking with people who are disrupting our industry as we seek to help advisors and their clients enjoy better financial outcomes all around the confluence of digital and human advice. Today, we are speaking with Adrian Johnstone. AJ is the co-founder and president of Practify. Practify helps RAAs, family offices, and broker-dealers grow their businesses by unifying data from all sources, automating workflows, and integrating solutions. Welcome, AJ. It's great to have you on the show. Hey, AJ. Thank you. So, AJ, let's start. Why don't you tell our audience about Practify? Please uh, share what you offer, a little bit about your client base, how you get started. Uh, tell the uh, Practify story. Yeah, for sure. And look, as you can tell by the accents already, Practify is a business that emanated out of Australia. We entered the US uh, late 2017, really with a vision to bring, I guess, better technology to RIAs and wealth institutions. We're kind of anchored in the CRM space where we're built on the underlying Salesforce platform, but we really just use that as a tech base. And we've gone away and built a product that's kind of role-based. So anyone in a financial services firm has somewhere to call home. They see the data that they need to see. They can run all of the processes and things they need to run to be as efficient as they want or need. And then we hook out into all of the other platforms that they need. So they've really got that one unified workspace for the whole firm. So explain when people hear CRM, they think of the variety of CRMs out there. And it sounds like what you do is expand, turbocharge, make better Salesforce or whatever the, sounds like you use the Salesforce platform. Why don't you just make that distinction? What do you do that's different than maybe some other CRMs that, that are out there? Yeah, for sure. Look, CRM is an interesting thing. It sometimes gets talked about like it's new, but it's been around since the 70s and it hasn't really changed. Like a, a CRM in its core principle, its job is to manage the relationship details between the firm, its advisors or, or, or others, and the client. And it doesn't do a lot more. So a lot of the simpler CRMs in the market are a little bit glorified Rolodex. They do a little bit of task management, but not really anything heavy lifting. And some of them can't even do householding in a robust way. At the opposite end of the market, you get big horizontal platforms like Dynamics and Salesforce, hugely powerful pieces of technology, but they take years and costs, often tens of millions of dollars to try and customize to make work. From our perspective, we knew that Salesforce was really the platform that people wanted, but not everyone had the wherewithal nor the desire to go and make that upfront and ongoing investment in customization. So we took that platform and we said, okay, well, how do we fulfill the needs and provide kind of one way to optimize the way you run your firm, no matter who you are, whether you are in a directly client-facing role or otherwise? We see a lot of of breakaways from wirehouses who are coming from this environment of having really robust enterprise-grade technology, and then they're left trying to pick a handful of small pieces of technology to make work. So we wanted to eliminate that problem. And how do you do that when you say eliminate the problem? I can make some assumptions, but better coming from you. So what's the value add? In other words, you're well beyond a simple system and you're not as complex. And I would assume you make the complex simple in terms of what you offer. Maybe dig in a little bit around what does that look like? What if I'm an advisor? What do I get from you that I might not get from somebody else? 
Yeah, so you get the ability to manage the most complex of your your clients. So multifamily office style structures with cascaded complex family arrangements into related entities and trusts and the like, all of that straight out of the box. We do center of influence management, profitability analysis, sales and pipeline development, fully automated workflow, predictive analytics, all of those sorts of things in one platform. So sometimes we get asked, are you a CRM? Are you the advisor's desktop? Are you a performance reporting tool? And we would say yes to all of those things. What we're not, though, is sometimes equally as important to understand. So we're not an advice generation tool. We're not trying to be money guide or e-money. We're not an Orion or an Adapar or an Investnet. But what we do is we connect to all of those platforms through APIs so that the data that's most relevant to the day-to-day from those tools is available to you in Practify. So let me ask a little bit about kind of the support that you provide, because I'm assuming that, and Salesforce, I know, as a, as a business practice or as a business approach, likes companies like you that make what they've built, which is robust and can do just about anything, but you're that intermediary that really makes it simple in terms of applying it to a specific firm's business. Talk a little bit about how you do that. Do you have like concierge services? Do you have coaching? How does, is it all online? How does that work in terms of just helping advisors apply it and make it their own and make it useful as a tool as you, you've described? Yeah, for sure. Look, importantly, it's important to understand that we don't take away the flexibility of the Salesforce platform. So you can still customize and configure and do all those things with Practify. It's just that it works out of the box. So you don't have to start from a blank slate. But we provide everything from a curated onboarding service. So when a client signs with Practify, we have an implementation team. They take them through a structured implementation data migration service, and that includes training. This year, we're actually coming to market with what we call Practify U, which will be a full university-style experience for our client. Every new feature, all of the existing functions within the tool, all laid out with on-demand video, audio, and tech support as well. We provide a client success structure, so every one of our clients has access to a dedicated client success manager who's there to help drive adoption and, and utilization best practice. And then beyond that, we provide all the technical support that you would expect. So 24-7 access to support materials. We've got wide hours of support for uh, through a, a support portal and support agents, all those kind of things. As a business with clients in five countries around the world these days, we actually have to manage those things in fairly broad hours and really robust manner. Gotcha. So you talked a little bit earlier of where you reside. You're not uh, an Investnet Orion at a par. You're not an e-money guy. You're not a lot of those sort of tools, I'm assuming, and you can fill us in, that you coordinate and connect and integrate with those sorts of systems. Talk a little bit about that. But my view, quite simply, is that the future of financial advice centers on the data integration and then the coordinating of the solutions that you've described, the solutions that Investnet or MoneyGuide or whoever offers um, that help achieve clients achieve better financial outcomes. So talk about the role that you play, not only the role, but then how you enable. Everything I've just described fundamentally is about growing the practice. And you say in your literature that that's what you all do. So talk about how you do that. Yes, we know that for most firms, the goal is more clients, more efficiently, for higher revenues and and greater profitability. It's not unique to the financial advice market. It's what businesses around the world are looking to achieve. But unfortunately, within our space, 
Often that's impeded by data being in lots of silos. It's more complicated than it needs to be. There's still too much pen and paper within our industry. And so we look to be that single unified workspace that orchestrates as much of everything. We don't believe in the one platform to do it all mentality because that historically has proven to be the least good of many of the options. I'm curious, AJ, if I may interrupt. You say it's the least good of the many options. Why would you say that? Because technology evolves at an incredible rate. Uh, you know, if you look at the fintech space uh, today, the number of new firms popping up every year, the, the number of, uh, of firms that exit within a given year, the pace of evolution to be the best in what you're doing, the broader you make that base, the slower you are. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You can't evolve platforms at the speed that you need to if you try and do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the flip side of that, and, and I think the market here in the US went this way maybe five years ago, is it became incredibly disaggregated because everyone went for the pure best of breed without contemplating integration. And so you finished up with lots of silos of very good but isolated pieces of technology. What we know is that the industry fundamentally is a people industry. Uh, it has a lot of great people working within it and is dependent on deep relationships with clients to make its money. So what we do is aim to create an incredibly robust environment for both the client record and all of the information the firm needs so that the business is capable of delivering on the experience, the promise that they make to their clients. But we also want to make technology that's awesome for the people who work in the industry to use because we know that it's There's a bit of a war for talent as well. Mm -hmm. And people churning and moving will often move because the technology is not good enough. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that our clients are competitively advantaged when they're looking to win business and when they're looking to win staff or acquire firms and bring them in. And so one of the ways to do that beyond the things that we can control within our own walls is to make sure that we deliver on what I think has been an overpromise and underdelivery for the industry for years, which is around integration. And so we work hard to bi-directional API level integration, mm-hmm. not, hey, look, you can click here and just get into the other tool. We want to make sure that that is deep and, and orchestrated. So I want to dig into that integration versus a term we use at Lightfield called coordination. And it's probably your comment earlier, just a moment ago, about bi-directional API. Point being is that you need to talk back and forth between the technologies, whether it's data aggregation, it's planning tools, it's proposals, it's ongoing portfolio management, it's rebalancing, it's income generation, it's all all the stuff, you know, with a key focus that we often talk about at Lifefield around improving outcomes through managing cost, risk, and tax. Those are the sort of the key elements beyond performance. We haven't met too many people that beat the market consistently. In fact, can't recall anyone that we've ever met that beats it consistently. So those cost, risk, and tax become all the more important. Long wind up to say that at the end of the day, it's one thing to be integrated, but even more important, and it sounds like what you do, I'd love to have you comment on this, and that is to coordinate. You may not do planning, but you take that information and you store it as you will, and then you use it as you will. But describe how that works, That what, what I call coordination, where you're often in the sort of the in-between of, of the baton pass between data from here and data to there and so on. So why don't you talk a little bit about how Practify does that? Yeah, look, the vision for us is that each piece of data should only need to be entered in one system once, and then it should propagate to all of the other environments. Now, for a lot of that information, it begins its life in Practify because it's around the client record. But we don't want that to have to 
be re-entered and potentially become out of, out of date or, or out of step in an integrated platform. But equally, we know that as you're going through the processes, whether it's in a, a portfolio reporting tool or a custodial platform or an advice tool, we know that that data gets augmented. It gets added, it gets amended. And we want to make sure that, again, you don't have to rekey and understand or remember to make those changes back into the source system in Practify. So we aim to make it such that you enter data once, it propagates to where it needs to go, it flows back if there are updates or changes, and then when there's a work product, so if we look at uh, at a financial planning tool, when, the, when a plan is created, that that plan becomes accessible on the client record inside of Practify. Now, where we can attach data to that we also want to make sure that we can take that data, we can mix it in with the other data that we already have and the data from the portfolio system that we already have, and we can give you insights that are deeper and broader than you would get in any one system alone. You know, we talk a lot within our firm about doing more with data. You know, we believe that the industry deserves technology partners who are looking at the entirety of the data set and saying, how do we help this business deliver a better client experience because ultimately that delivers a better commercial outcome for the firm. So one of the things we started to touch, I want to explore a little bit further, and that is the whole notion of growth. It's one of those things that everyone talks about. Easy to say, hard to do. And I'm assuming that these insights, this bi-directional data, the flow back and forth, that it keeps it where it's entered one time and is informing as you go in terms of decision-making and next best steps and all that sort of stuff. Talk a little bit about how that manifest how that plays out with advisors in terms of helping them grow their business, maybe some examples rather than the abstract of the workflow or the data flow, but more how does it play out in the in the real world of getting a client on board, getting a client, leave someone else, getting the client to get a better outcome? When we think about growing, there's growing organically, so winning a few more clients. There's growing inorganically, knowing which businesses to acquire to roll into your firm. And you know we help immensely in both. And we really kind of look at growth at scale. How do you take a billion dollar business and make it a $5 billion business? So, so how do you power a machine for that? We look at some tangible examples. You know, we work with some business owners in multi-billion dollar firms today where they've segmented their client base. Let's keep it really simple and say ABCD is their, their client segments. So much of their sales strategy has been to go and win the next A segment client because they have the most AUM. But actually, when you drill into the profitability analysis that you get through Practify, it's their segment B clients that are the most profitable because the cost to serve is lower. And so they're able to pivot and say, well, actually, we want to point our sales team at going and winning as many segment B clients as we can. And by the way, we're now going to review our segmentation and servicing model because we know that we're over-servicing clients in that higher UM band to the point that they're less profitable than some of our others. So we're giving them the insight to make sure that they not only have the tools, the sales and pipeline management, all that kind of rich capability within Practify, but they have the insight that helps them to grow well, not just grow more. Because I think that's important. You know, it's, it's great to say, hey, we manage a billion in AUM, now we manage two billion in AUM. But if your profitability went down, it's a different equation. Gotcha. So it sounds like uh, you're working with a, a, a great group of clients. They're, I'm assuming they're, they're happy, they're growing, they're thriving, and so forth. 
What are some of the challenges now and what does the future hold? Maybe just take some of the challenges. What are some of the challenges you encounter in trying to help people grow their business? I guess we all experience some level of resistance to change and you're on the cutting edge. How do you deal with that? And then in a moment, we can talk about uh, where you see the world going. Yeah, for sure. Look, uh, resistance to change is probably the number one challenge. Uh, And and, uh, correlated with that is the wishful thinking that it's magic. (laughs) I mean, there's no magic? (laughs) There is no magic. Technology is not filled with magic. Unfortunately, it's filled with a lot of hard graft and a lot of work. And we are fairly regularly in communication with clients and prospects. We're, we're growing very, very rapidly. And as we go through those conversations, we find people say, look, oh, I've been using this platform for 15 years and can you reshape yours to look just like that? Probably we could, but you're trying to get off that. So <laughs> why, why would you want us to achieve that outcome? And of course, they're just fearful of the fact that their people will have to learn and do something sure, different. Sure. And so the human change element that is the hardest and helping them to understand that as a technology partner, we can do heaps to help there. We can teach people how to use the system. We can make it fun and enjoyable and intuitive and all of those great things, but they're not our people. As a business, you still need to lean in. You need to get behind it. You need to feel very committed to that change. Practify is a core system, a record. You know, the two big pieces of technology in the firm what holds your client relationships and what holds their money. And so from our perspective, when firms look at changing portfolio systems or custodial migrations, they they treat that with great seriousness and rightfully so. When they look at swapping out, say, a, a legacy CRM to move to Practify and workflow automation and all of the great things that come with that, it's getting them to understand that it's as big a change as moving your portfolio system. So talk a little bit about where you see the world going, not only for Practify, but at large, and, and what's your place in it as you see things evolve, and certainly technologies, a key driver element, leverage point. So talk a little bit about uh, what you see coming uh, at large and also your role in it. Yeah, look, for sure. Uh, the world moving forward, I think, is a little bit the same as the world of past. It's all about data. Data is the lifeblood of the business. The question is, what are you doing with it? And that's where I think the evolution is coming whether that is more seamless integration across platforms, whether it is adding value, as I talked about before, for that more predictive lens, whether it's going that next level into AI and fully augmented or artificial intelligence type experiences. What we're seeing and where we're providing a lot of focus at the moment is into really analyzing the information. Wealth management is a data-rich environment, but so much of that data is just locked up. It's not being leveraged. And so we're, we're doing quite a lot of work with what's called TCRM. It's, uh, it's a Salesforce extension through their acquisition of Tableau a number of years back so that our clients can get business intelligence that is just deeper and broader, not only from the data within our platform, from other data sources that they may have as well, so that we can, you know, we can help them crunch massive volumes of data to get really intelligent and predictive insights for how to gear their business for growth. And will your role be to be an enabler of other capabilities that may have some of the AI or the different ways that portfolios be managed? Is your role an enabling role? Is it a primary role? What, how, do, how do you view that? So it's a little both depending on context. So we enable quite a lot of that AI future because we hold so much of the information or the data points around the client how often are they communicating with you? What are they communicating about? 
how are they interacting to content that you say, send to them. Uh, so we have a lot of that information, but we're also an aggregation point for data from lots of other platforms. We bring that together. So the rich data volume that exists in and around Practify being supplied out to those other tools allows us to enable, but it also allows us to be a creator in that space. Right. Well, this has been really interesting. And as we like to keep our podcast short and to the point, at least under 30 minutes, two last questions, I should say. This has been a great conversation and we'd love to hear your three key takeaways from our discussion today. Yeah, look, for me, uh, a key takeaway uh, for the industry here is there is a huge amount more that your technology can and should be doing for you. Don't be afraid to change. You need to look, but you need to understand that it's it's a big deal. You've got to be prepared to lean in. Another, I think, for me would be that it's no longer good enough to accept that you have a lot of disconnected pockets of technology. If you are working with vendors who won't integrate, move. It's time to move. They're inhibiting your growth. You wouldn't put up with that in any other aspect of your life. You shouldn't put up with it in your corporate technology. And then the final one there would be, don't turn yourself into a technology business. You know, great wealth management firms aren't technology companies. Don't get yourself into the trap where you're buying one of these base platforms, whether it's a Microsoft or a Salesforce or something else, and then all of a sudden you're hiring developers and trying to make that investment to make it exactly as you want it. If we all had to go on away and design our own car, I shudder to think what the roads would look like. You know, leave the technology design and build to the professionals and look for Practify or firms like us to come and help you. That's great. That's great. So our final question is always my favorite, and it's away from the business at hand, and that is, what do you do outside of work that your colleagues might find interesting or surprising or people that know you uh, may not be aware of? So something you might be particularly passionate about or something of great interest to you to please share. Well, uh, Jack, I'll, I'll circle back to a quick chat we're having before we came on air, which is, uh, as an Australian, everyone assumes sun and surf, and that's where you want to spend your time. And my comment earlier was I give up every summer for a snowy winter. So for me, it's all about snow and mountains. So I'm looking forward to trying to drag a snowboard out and get out on a hill. Terrific. So thanks, AJ. This has uh, been a very interesting and enjoyable conversation. I look forward to our next. For those who would like to learn more about Practify or get in touch, uh, what's the best way to reach you all? Look straight through our website, I think, just practify.com. And there's plenty of ways through there to make contact. Great. Terrific. So for our listening audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share what we are doing here at Wealth Deck on Deck. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, AJ, thanks. It's been a real pleasure. Look forward to the next time. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck, our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.